Welcome to Responding to Life, a podcast hosted by me, Josephine Atlery. Do you ever feel like you could use some guidance when life throws you a curveball? By listening to the narratives in this podcast, you will learn from other people's experiences and responses to challenging situations so you can fast track the learning curve to get ahead in your own life. Welcome to Responding to Life, a podcast where we talk about issues relating to health, fertility, and parenthood. On today's episode, I am joined by Dr. Amy, based in the San Francisco Bay Area and the host of the Ag Whisperer Show. She has heard story after story from women and couples from all over the world about their struggles in trying to conceive. In her attempt to prevent more of these heartbreaking stories, she has gone on a mission to promote fertility awareness. Her hope is to empower women, making them more aware of their personal fertility levels and allowing them to be better educated about their options. Never again does she want to hear, if I had known 10 years ago that my egg reserves were running low, I would have done things differently. In 2014, she launched her mission by hosting egg freezing parties. These parties offer women a chance to learn more about their fertility and ask their questions in a comfortable, safe environment with like-minded women. Dr. Amy is a native of the Bay Area and a graduate of UCLA School of Medicine. After completing her residency in obstetrics and gynecology at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center and Harvard Medical School, she completed a fellowship in reproductive endocrinology and infertility at University of Michigan. She also completed a master's in public health in health management and policy at University of Michigan. Her practice is located in San Ramon, California. In this episode, Dr. Amy will also discuss the Egg Whisperer Fertility Awareness Panel, her methods, tushy balls, team, and diet, and her fertility awareness class. Welcome to the show, Dr. Amy. I have been looking forward to our conversation since we last spoke on your podcast, the Egg Whisperer Show. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me. The pleasure is all mine. I'm so excited to be here as well. So in my introduction, I told our listeners all about your amazing background. So I'd like to get right into what I feel sets you apart from many of the fertility doctors out there, or at least the ones that I remember looking into way back when I began my fertility journey over a decade ago. You are all about empowering women and to quote your site, making them more aware of their personal fertility levels and allowing them to be better educated about their options. So I love that you state this mission right from the beginning because it instantly tells me that if I were your patient, we'd be working on a team together. So let's begin by talking about the egg freezing parties that kicked off your mission of patient fertility awareness and self-advocacy. Wherever I go, and I'm sure you can probably relate to this too, People are always asking me fertility questions. And when I would go to a friend's house or, um, you know, a school function, people would say, I know you're not working, but can I ask you some questions? I'm sorry. And they would apologize. And for me, that's actually fun. Like, that's the kind of party that I want to be at. And it, 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 it has been obvious to me that people just know, don't know the basics, like the basic steps that you can take to get your fertility checked. So a girlfriend of mine, one of my best friends, she sent me a home shopping party invitation. 
And it was all the rage like in 2014. And I was like, you know what? I think I need to do something like this, but around fertility. So I'm like, okay, let me just do this. Let me think about this. So I didn't even know what I was going to do. So I bought the website, eggfreezingparty.com. And then all of a sudden, Facebook and Apple, you probably remember those headlines, they decided to cover egg freezing. And all of a sudden, all the news stations were calling me and they're getting my expert opinion about this. And I said to a reporter and I said, you know, I just bought, you know, I actually uh, am uh, just on a whim. I said, I'm, I'm throwing egg freezing parties to educate women. And then she's like, well, when's your next party? Honestly, I didn't have a party. And I said, next week. And she's like, well, I want to cover that party. And I was like, okay. And then in two (laughs) seconds, I called 50 of my friends. I'm like, you guys, we're throwing a party. I'm going to talk about fertility. Please come. And then from there, like the rest is history. So a reporter there, um, one of my best friends, actually the woman who bought me the website, eggwhisper.com is a gift. She was a dear patient of mine as well. Um, She whispered to the reporter, she's the egg whisperer. She's my egg whisperer. And that's kind of where it all started. And I'll never forget it was November And it was just, it was incredible because I felt like I finally could, um, I finally had a way to amplify my awareness mission and, um, and it just basically took off from there. And I joke and I say, like, I want the same number of people to know that a woman can get her boobs done. I know that sounds weird as can get her eggs frozen. Like it should be the same because in in let's say 2010, you would ask a group of 10 women and say like, did you know you can get your eggs frozen? And they would look like, look at you like, huh? But if you ask that same group of women, like, did you know you can get your boobs done? That same group of 20 something women, 20 year old women, they would say, yeah. So finally, we're at that point. Finally, in 2020, we're at that point where people know that you can get your eggs frozen. And then my goal is to make sure people know that they can get their levels checked so that they can test and not guess. And, you know, I'm hoping through all the things that I'm talking about online, on social media, that people will feel empowered to ask their OBGYNs the same questions that, that I'm making sure that my patients know the answers to. And that is, you know, what are my levels? What do they mean for me? And will they, and based on these levels, how can I meet my family size goals? So it's basically like, you know, creating a roadmap for people. So I know that was just a roundabout way of talking to you about, you know, what I've done, but, you know, now with COVID, I'm not throwing any in-person parties. They're all online, but I've traveled all over the country and done interviews literally all over the world. And I feel like the message is out, you know, women can empower themselves with their own data and then apply that data to their goals and not feel any shame anymore. Um, You know, certainly there's shame still in other countries and I'm working on that, but but for American women, I feel like we're so lucky that we have the access to care the way that we do. That's, I love the story of how it came about. And it's just amazing how far we have come. And, you know, that's, it's so wonderful that you're able to empower women to have information because a lot of times still today, when I speak to clients, a lot of them still feel like they're so they don't have any control in the situation. But with, you know, what you're talking about, it seems like there are many things that they can have control over, at least understand and, and advocate for. So in the, um, 
And what you mentioned about checking their levels, is that the fertility awareness panel that you offer your patients and that I've seen on your website? That is. I mean, that's the first step. So I get young women reaching out to me. Not And, and I consider every woman a young woman. Anyone who's reproductive age is always going to be young to me. They ask me, you know, am, you know, am I fertile? Can you tell me about my fertility levels? And you and I both know that your levels are just part of it. But that's the first step in figuring out, you know, how many eggs you could potentially have at that, that time and also predict a woman's menopause. So the FSH, estradiol, and AMH hormone levels done by blood. And I, I just partner with Quest Diagnostics because they're all over the country. And that's how we get it done. And then I review the results with, with, with the women to kind of talk to them about their goals and timeline and what, what we can consider start, uh, consider to do next. That's amazing. It, you know, it's so empowering to have information because a lot of times as, as a patient, as one going through infertility, you feel like you don't, you don't know what to ask. And so I love that you're able to educate women who are going through this about their bodies and the things that they should ask, because a lot of times, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So you don't know what to expect in the whole process. And you certainly don't then don't know what to ask. So I think that's so wonderful what you've been doing for, for this community. And, and when I go through your website, eggwhisperer.com and your Instagram of the same name, I read your messages of sincere encouragement and support and empowerment to take control of one's fertility plan. Your approach and your positioning really resonate with me as a, a former infertility patient and warrior because you hit the nail on the head with, with this whole feeling of lack of control. So one of the plans you encourage people to follow is called the Tushy Method. I love how you create these mnemonics uh, for people to remember so that when they go through the process, they can remember what they need to be doing. So I'd love for you to go into what the Tushy method is all about. Absolutely. So I created the Tushy method because I said, enough's enough. I'm sick and tired of people telling me their diagnosis is unexplained. There's just no such thing. It's just that no one explained it enough. And I have patients that say, well, I've been tested and I was told it's unexplained. And then I said, well, have you had your tubes checked? Have you done an ultrasound? Have you had a sperm test? Have you looked at your hormones recently? Have you looked at your genetics? And they're like, no. I'm like, so let's get started. So the Tushy check or the Tushy method is just basically five fertility tests that I think everyone should have done before you start treatment. And, you know, you and I have probably both heard stories of patients who are put on Clomid for like two years and then find out that their husband had no sperm. So these are really easy and cheap tests compared to the cost of treatment that you can have done so that you don't waste time on treatments that won't work. And so that you can also not have fertility regret. So imagine your doctor just gave you Clomid, but you didn't know that your fertility levels were really low. And then two years later, you're ready for another baby. And had you known that at the beginning of your journey, you would have wished that someone would have given you other options to secure or preserve your fertility for the future. So that's basically what the five things are, an HSG, an ultrasound, sperm test, hormones and preconception labs, and carrier. And I, I also recommend doing a chromosome analysis as well, just in case someone has a balanced translocation, for example. That's something that people typically want to know ahead of time so that they don't have to go through miscarriages. So that's, that's, that's the tissue check. And it sounds cheesy, but I, I don't care. I mean, it, 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 it resonates. People remember it. 
And then I love when I get messages from people from all over. They're like, I had my tushy check. This is what I learned. I did the tushy check. <laughs> it's really cute. <laughs> That's great. It is helpful to to be able to remember what you need to to take care of. And so you also offer an online course that guides a person to learn about this method and how to advocate for themselves and arm them with knowledge. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about one about what one could expect on your online course. So I started a school. It's called Egg Whisperer School. And one of the classes is the IVF class. And in that class, I talk to people how to assess your fertility and what you can do to improve your chances of success. So basically, I'm going through the tissue method because I feel like before you do IVF, you really need to know your diagnosis. And I talk to people about preparing for your cycle and how to improve egg and sperm quality. And then we go through the IVF options and the different methods of IVF and how to choose what is right for you and then how to prepare for your transfer. And then unfortunately, it's the reality that most IVF cycles in this country actually don't work. So I talk to people about how to deal with a cycle that doesn't work. And notice that I don't use the word failure because I, I think of every experience as something that you can learn from and a positive thing, not a negative thing. And then I talk to people about being pregnant from an embryo transfer and what to expect along the way. So basically, I talk to people about the egg whisper diet, which is diagnosis, IVF embryo transfer preparation and transfer. And so I kind of break it down very simply so then people can then take what they learned and go to their doctors and know what questions to ask. That's amazing. I love that. I love how, you know, you offer this service uh, for people across the country so that if they don't necessarily work with you, that they can take that information over to their reproductive endocrinologist. So that's that's amazing, Amy. I love that. And then you, so you mentioned the diet and then you also have other mnemonics called team and balls. I'd love for you also to, to share with us what that entails. Absolutely. So fertility team is, you know, you're part of the team. I mean, I just love you and all the work that you're doing. So the team, I, I tell people that your mental health is the most important part of fertility treatment and one of the first things that you should address not the last after a cycle doesn't work and um, you know a lot of the techniques that you teach your clients are things that I want my patients to know first so I always tell them about you so team is basically you know working with a therapist talk about eating and exercise acupuncture and then mindfulness and meditation so those are the different parts of team and it's important to build your own team create your own mind body center within yourself you don't need to go anywhere anymore because we have ways of, we have so many resources online for that. And then I have balls method. So we don't want to leave the guys out. So balls method is, you know, after the S and tushy, if there are any sperm abnormalities, think of balls, right? Again, sounds super cheesy, but it totally works. So <laughs> balls is looking at background genetics. So looking at chromosome analysis, Y chromosome microdeletion, sperm DNA fragmentation, if there's a sperm issue, anatomy would be looking for a varicocele or other abnormal, you know, other physical abnormalities in the um, testicles. The first L is looking at labs, just like we look at hormones in women, we do the same for men. And then the second L is looking at lifestyle. So body size, exercise, medications you're on that could possibly harming sperm, cigarette use, marijuana use. And the S is a couple of things. S is talking about sex and what's going on in the bedroom. So I think a lot of people, you know, I ask patients, like, when was the last time you had sex? And they look at me like, huh? You know, in heter people who are in heterosexual relationships, 
So I think a lot of infertility, you know, obviously affects what goes on in the bedroom. And we all know that you have to have sex to have a baby. So I think people miss sometimes an opportunity to try to get pregnant naturally when there are problems in the bedroom. And the second part of us is looking at supplements and what people can take. So again, it's that part, it's part of me just rolling my eyes. Anytime I hear the word unexplained and a patient tells me, well, my husband's sperm was low, but they said it was okay. I'm like, huh? Like, how is that not part of your explanation? And then what can you do that's in your control to make it better? So I came up with a mnemonic because then you can basically go through the simple checklist with your doctor and say, have you ruled out a varicocele? Have you ruled out low testosterone? Have you ruled out high sperm DNA fragmentation? You know, so you can just go through the mnemonic and answer those questions and feel like a really informed, educated patient. That's fantastic. I, I love all the different things, especially for me, because of, you know, that sort of incorporates what I do, the, the team method, because I feel like I never really got that guidance when I was going through my own fertility journey. And this was, you know, a while back, but I worked at three with three different facilities over the course of my time trying to conceive. And Perhaps I think the only thing that was offered at the very last one was the idea of using acupuncture, but this whole topic of maintaining mindfulness and taking care of one's mental well-being throughout this whole process wasn't really full-on addressed. And so I appreciate that you have incorporated that into how you teach women to empower themselves. So that's fantastic. And as I mentioned earlier, I was on your podcast, which is just wonderful to be able to be on. I appreciate that opportunity. I'd love for you to go into sort of what different topics you cover on your podcast so our listeners can perhaps hop on and, and listen to your show. For sure. Thank you. So basically, you know, I teach um, all about how to empower yourself and what questions you should be asking your doctor. And I'm always coming up with new ways to remind people what to ask. So the most recent thing is the embryo diamonds. So diamonds are the eight things that you should know about your embryos. Because again, I would see patients for second, third opinion consults. And then they, I would say, well, what quality is your embryo? What day was it frozen? What's the implantation rate in the clinic that you were at? And they're like, what? Like, I didn't know I could even get that information. If I had known, I would have asked. I'm like, oh, wow, I have a lot of work to do. So the diamonds is just one of the a podcast episode, right? So D is day your embryo was frozen. I is implantation rate. A is abnormal and mosaic official reports, which ones are normal? Will they help you reach your dreams? And how was the sperm on the day of the egg retrieval, right? Like that's easy. Like everyone should know that stuff. And then another one is the angel method. So angel method, five things you should know after miscarriage, right? I don't, people can, you know, go to the site and learn more about it, but I just want to demystify and make the process less complicated than it really needs to be. Because being a fertility patient is overwhelming enough figuring out how to navigate um, how to be a patient shouldn't be hard. And I feel like with COVID and with the inaccessibility of humans, like we don't have that same human contact right now. It is more important than ever for people to um, educate themselves. Yes, it is. It is. And I love that you give people the tools to be able to do that. Um, one thing on your site that you offer as a service is, uh, discussing recurrent miscarriages and, you know, have a lot of clients who go through that. And I'd love for you to just talk about that a bit, about how you help people sort of next steps after they've had a miscarriage, what they should explore. 
Love it. So that's my angel method. And I went into fertility medicine because of the losses that my mother suffered and just how it impacted me as a young girl. And fertility medicine is the specialty where we are trained to help people with recurrent pregnancy loss. And I think there's, it's like one of those things where people are just given such bad advice when they've had a miscarriage, like, oh, it's okay. Cause it happened. It'll happen again, especially for women over 40. It's like, oh, it means that you're going to get like, I, I've seen situations where p- women over 40 are told you should just keep waiting for another, you know, trying for a year. And then in a year, if it doesn't work, then see a specialist. And I'm like, what? That just needs to stop. So that's why I came up with the angel approach or angel method or workup. So A is for age, anatomy, and autoimmune issues, right? So the N is for nutrition. The G is looking at your genetics, like uh, thrombophilia workup is part of that. Chromosome analysis is part of that. Sperm DNA fragmentation is part of that. The E is looking at endocrine abnormalities like a thyroid disorder and diabetes. And the L is looking at your lifestyle. So these are like, this is easy stuff, right? It's just a checklist. But people just don't realize that they just, they just kind of hope and pray, oh, it's going to happen next time. And I'm like, no, 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 you've had one miscarriage. I would never tell somebody, oh, just try again. And then if after it happens two or three more times, then we can start looking to see why. I personally feel like with medicine and, and where we're at right now, these, I, I remember in the past, these tests were so expensive. So that's why we were telling people Oh, you need to have two or three for us to even do a workup. And now like a genetic carrier screen is like $250. Um, doing an ultrasound is cheap relatively. You know what I mean? So it's like the cost of going through another miscarriage and having a DNC is so great, not just financially, but emotionally and personally. I feel like if, if I were a patient, I would want to know. So that's why I want people to know what they can do and what they could potentially fix and how they can learn from the situation so that if there's something to learn, they at least feel like they did everything in their power to prevent another miscarriage. And after that, they just know it's just human biology and there's nothing they can do differently. I, I just, yeah, I was listening to everything you said, Amy, and I was thinking about my own experience with miscarriage. And and while that was about a decade ago, I remember, well, after that point, after that second trimester loss, we decided to pivot to adoption. But then when we returned back to IVF, I don't remember going through quite the number of things that you mentioned. So that's why when I was, when you were talking, I'm like, did I do any of those things when I switched to the third facility, the third and final one? Um, I don't remember having those extensive conversations about trying to figure out what the root cause was and how we could approach this new pregnancy differently. So that is fantastic. I love that. And going back to that idea of egg freezing. So how do you, um, how does one go into that? Like, um, do you have to be a certain age to do it? Can you just do it at any time? I'd love some information on that for our listeners. For sure. I think there's this um, myth that egg freezing is only for young women in their early 20s or something like that. And it's not true. Egg freezing is for women in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. It's just a matter of what are your levels? And do you understand what the pregnancy rates are for the eggs that you have frozen at that age? And I'll give you an example. Like eventually all of us have a 0% chance of pregnancy. We will all run out of eggs. So if I'm going to freeze, let's say five eggs for a 40 year old, that's still a much better chance than her eggs at 44. So my approach is to believe in everyone's fertility and give them a chance. 
And I think a lot of patients are discouraged from freezing because they're like, oh, it's not worth it for you. And I'm like, that's just very paternalistic. Like if there's a chance, it's always worth it for me to give a patient that chance to secure at least a higher chance of pregnancy for herself in the future when her chances have run out. But I think that we still aren't there as far as what women should know before they freeze their eggs. And so I have a class also, it's called the egg freezing party class, and it's in the same egg whisperer school so that I can educate people about not only what they should know before they freeze their eggs, but also what they should know when they're ready to thaw them. Cause I see so, and I hear so many heartbreaking stories. I'll give you a quick example. Like a patient thaws her eggs. No one looked at the husband's sperm and it was horrible. No one did the genetic testing and he had something, you know what I mean? It's like those things that just like make me so upset because now that woman's egg, like she can never get them back. You know, now she's 42. She froze at 35. That's it. So I have all these like little, I call them egg whisper golden rules that hopefully will protect people from going through something like that. And one of them is on the day of the egg thaw, do not give permission for them to thaw your eggs until you hear from somebody that the sperm quality is good, right? That's a simple thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like my patients don't need to do that with me because they know I already have that set up. Mm-hmm. But if you're at a very large center, you have, I, I say, um, if you're, if you don't feel like you're being annoying, you're not a good fertility patient in 2020 or 2021 <laughs> because you're not asking enough questions. If you're not annoying yourself, like if you don't feel like you're annoying enough, then you're not asking enough questions. You really have to protect yourself from, you know, these kinds of things and make sure that, um, you know, cause your fertility matters more to you than anybody else. And you don't want to take that for granted. That's a really good, I love that, that, um, advice about being annoying. It's funny. I laugh because I, I'm actually a mentor, a fertility mentor to someone. And that was one of her concerns. She, she's on the fence about, you know, the, the place that she's using and she was apprehensive to ask questions because she didn't want to to be that patient, but you're right. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't ask, then you'll just get lost in the shuffle. You won't get quite the number of things that you should be getting. And it's so important and no one else can advocate for you except for yourself. So that's wonderful. And I know you've shared so much like information with us, Amy, and so many tips and mm-hmm. you know, I'm so thankful for that. But before our conversation comes to cl- a close, I'd love for you to leave our listeners with one final piece of advice on how to further empower their fertility plan, especially if they've been trying for a while and feel like they're out of options. Yeah. So if you've been trying for a while and you feel like you're out of options, I would say reconnect and regroup with your physician and say to them, I want you to pretend like you're seeing me for the first time. And what would you do if this were you? or your sister or wife, depending on the gender of your doctor. And I feel like that's a, that's a good way of having your doctor open up about what they know about you and what your chances of pregnancy, you know, is at this point. Um, but I think the most important thing is to understand your diagnosis. And if you still don't feel like you've understood it, is just always ask, what have you ruled out for me? Mm-hmm. And if you can't give me a diagnosis, what are the possible things that are wrong with me. And then always know what your pregnancy rates are for the treatments that you're choosing. Cause people just make these assumptions like, Oh, IUI chances are 85%. And I'm like, no, it's about 5% at your age. And they're like, what? No one told me that. I'm like, well, if you had known to ask, right, then someone would have told you that. 
So I think that's the most, that's the most important way to be an empowered patient is ask, what is my diagnosis? Uh, what are the pregnancy rates for the treatments that I'm doing right now? And what am I, what should I do if this doesn't work? And then, you know, I have lots of creative family building options for patients and ways for them to feel really good about them. But I always tell people, look, like at some point you're going to be ready and it doesn't have to be right now. And there's never an egg donor emergency or anything like that. So take your time making decisions about what you want to do next. That's wonderful advice. I love that. Um, and so, you know, I'm interested to hear about how the listeners can connect with you and work with you if perhaps they're not in California. Absolutely. I mean, anyone can sign up for one of my classes. I do the IVF class every other Monday. And then I also see patients from all over the world. They can go to my website, Drainy. I, I joke and say I'm a rap star, drainy.org, D-R-A-I-N-E.org. And they can just schedule, you know, fill in one of our schedule of consult forms and we'll get, we'll get back to them right away. Wonderful. And I always like to end my podcast with uh, shifting over to positivity. So I always ask my, my guests to share one gratitude that they have for the day. Um, the anesthesiologist that was in the room with me this morning, she was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just so lucky to work with such amazing professionals, especially in the Bay Area, from embryologists to anesthesiologists. And I truly couldn't do what I do without the... Um, the brilliance of other people around me. So for today, it's definitely the amazing anesthesiologist that was there support. I had four egg retrievals before um, I joined you right now. And she just made sure my patients were super comfortable and they all did great. So that's definitely a gratitude for me today. That's amazing. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for joining me today and sharing all this great empowering information for the listeners. I'm sure they'll walk away with so many things now that they'll know to do, to ask, and resources that they can use and and log on to your website to see what they should be doing for themselves. So thank you again. I really appreciate all that you do for this community. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you, Justine. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode with Dr. Amy, the Egg Whisperer. I hope you found the conversation helpful and empowering. Be sure to check out Dr. Amy's website, dramy.org, and her podcast, The Egg Whisperer Show. Her social media account is at Egg Whisperer on Instagram. For more information on how to work and connect with Dr. Amy. To listen to past episodes of Responding to Life, be sure to hop onto my website, jayatlurie.com. You'll also find on there free video meditations to try, links to articles I've written and interviews I've had on other podcasts talking about mindfulness, meditation, and my fertility journey. Be sure to sign up for my monthly newsletter to get all the latest episodes and videos. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I look forward to sharing another wonderful interview with you next week. Thank you for listening to Responding to Life, a podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to receive a bi-monthly newsletter with an exclusive and free video meditation, along with wellness tips and deals, please go to www.respondingtolifepodcast.com and sign up for the newsletter by entering your email address in the pop-up box. In there, you'll also learn my seven-step process on how to meditate like a pro so you can stress less and live more joyfully. 
If you enjoyed the show, I invite you to share it with your friends and leave a rating and review on whatever podcast outlet you use. I look forward to sharing another inspirational story with you real soon.